It is a Football Friday, Week 17 edition. Jonathan Gannon heads back to Philly. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Zach Gershman joins me. By the way, young Zach is also heading back to Philly. Who are the Eagles fans more excited to see? I think the choice is obvious. And then when the game kicks off, who will be QB1 for the Cardinals? The latest on Kyler Murray is coming up, plus more on the game itself. One of the more anticipated meetings of the year. Dave Spadaro, he covers the Eagles for PhiladelphiaEagles.com, joins the show. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 715, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, what heart, what threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray Magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealoux. So did you happen to notice the song that was being played as we walked out to practice on Friday? Why can't we be friends? Come on, everybody clap. <laughs> I wasn't asking you to sing it. But then if I just said, like, why can't we be friends? People would be like, huh? But you now, do it with the tone. I'm curious, based off the Cardinals going to Philadelphia, the storyline all week, head coach Jonathan Gannon making his return, not expected to be a welcome return, at least amongst the fans. Was this an attempt to maybe change a little bit of what maybe is to be expected? I don't think the Cardinals are going in with any bad blood. Oh, no. I think it's the Eagles that, in, the, in their fan base that you know have that angst towards Jonathan Gannon. So I'm not sure if that was like a plead of like, <laughs> why can't we be friends like ahead of time so that the the booze you know dropped down maybe a decibel, but I doubt it anyway. Yeah, no chance in that happening at all. Cardinals at the Eagles on Sunday, New Year's Eve day, 11 a.m. is the kickoff. 6:30 a.m. pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. God willing, my voice will hold up for the entire week and on Sunday and for the rest of the regular season. A week ago, it was me giving you a little hard time about your voice based off of workout. One, are you still working out? I am. Okay, that's good. I am. Uh, to my I found voice, out my, my personal trainer there actually used to play for the Cowboys in the 90s on the practice squad. Okay. So, yeah, when, when I told him you know, my upbringing and everything. It was, it led to good conversations. So you survived. I I survived. Okay, good. I didn't think I was going to, but we're still kicking. It's not like a new year's resolution, like new year, new me. And you sign up for the gym. Then you back out three (laughs) weeks later. It's not, I know like a lot of gyms out there, like specifically do like signups around that, but nope, not, not with me. Okay. Me, I'm just battling a head cold. So that's the reason why I sound the way I sound. Look, I, I think the diehard, you know, covered two <laughs> listeners, they're they're probably like, what am I listening to right now? But you know, they're you, by by Sunday, Jonathan Gannon will make his return. Your voice will make its return, and all will be good. I'm sprinkling the positive vibes. No one else could see, but I'm sprinkling. Okay, them. good news. Let's hope for good news. And a little bit later on, you had the opportunity to speak with Dave Spadaro, PhiladelphiaEagles.com, on this matchup. We'll hear that interview momentarily. But first things first, the news of the day. And yes, Kyler Murray is practicing. And yes, Kyler Murray is expected to be good to go on Sunday after not practicing 
Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, definitely going to be a huge boost to have out there because when a lot of Jonathan Gannon said that he got the mental reps in on Thursday, which is great. But as you're going to be working, and this isn't much of a, a practice on Friday, it's more of a walkthrough, you know, getting ready to go before you before you head out onto the plane um, later on Friday. But I, it's good to have K1 back. I think he's the type of voice and the type of leader that this team needs out there. And the type of player right now in year five that can afford to miss a couple of days of practice and still play on Sunday. As Gannon said, it's not like he's a rookie. Rookies need those reps, but Kyler Murray, I think, will be just fine on Sunday. He will not, however, have the opportunity to throw the football to his good friend, college teammate Hollywood Brown. In fact, Brown is done for the season. That heel injury is going to land him on injured reserve, which is an unfortunate for him, but probably the best interest in the player, as Gannon mentioned on Friday, needs time to let that heel heal up and he's not going to be able to have that time if you're practicing or playing. It's one of those nagging injuries that Hollywood Brown simply was not able to shake, and I, I appreciate it, and Jonathan Gannon very you know, astutely said out loud how much he appreciates Hollywood Brown's eagerness to, to play and try to persevere and push through this injury, but to a certain extent, and we've talked about this a handful of different times in Cover 2 as Hollywood's been dealing with this injury, how much are you helping yourself versus helping the team? In this case, you're, you're trying to, to do both, helping Hollywood Brown, giving him the opportunity to heal. It doesn't seem like it's going to be any surgery or any long-term procedure. It's just going to be a matter of taking some time to heal. But it stinks because Hollywood Brown is in his contract year. And you could you know that's something that Drew Terrell said at practice on Friday last week when he said, we recognize that, and Hollywood recognizes that, and unfortunately this is the way that it goes, though. NFL, there's a lot of injuries. So Hollywood is headed to IR. Jonathan Ledbetter is headed to IR. Now, we did get news on Friday. Lecky Fotu, who was designated to return earlier this week, is not expected to be activated this week. Don't know about Bobby Price, whose practice window opened up two weeks ago. So with Hollywood and Ledbetter going on IR, that does open up two roster spots. We'll see what the Cardinals decide to do with those two roster spots between Friday and Sunday. Some good news, though, on the injury front. Zayvon Collins is good to go, and both Victor Dumukeji and Garrett Williams, who missed last week's game, have been practicing all week long. They'll be back for the Cardinals' defense. You need as many of those pieces on the defensive side of the ball as you could get when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts and the weapons and Dallas Goddard and A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Uh, you need as much, and especially with that defensive line. So, I mean, in general, with that offensive line, rather, the defensive line is going to need that help. They brought up Phil Hoskins to the active roster. They signed him. So you're trying to do whatever you can. Again, you need as many defensive pieces out there. Now it is Scannon's. I wouldn't call it a homecoming. We, we'll, That's the just, term just, that just keeps coming to mind, though. But it's, it's, he's not from there. He just spent the past couple of years there. Yeah, but we, we were were we really calling it a homecoming when he went no. back to Cleveland? No, we weren't. You know, so I, I feel like this is more of like this is the closest thing to a homecoming. Uh, we were calling it a little bit. He's going back home, but it didn't really come out as a homecoming. I think in this one though, it's it's the place where Jonathan Gannon kind of became a little bit more of a well known name. Uh, in the NFL, obviously the people within the NFL circles knew who Jonathan Gannon was ahead of his time in Philadelphia. But once you have a defense like he had last year in Philadelphia that led to the Super Bowl, he became a little bit more well-known. Now it is your homecoming. Now that's true. Now that is my homecoming. You get to go on this trip. Yeah. 
I'm okay. excited for this one. The last road trip of the season. Last road and trip. My first. Outside Man. of the one in Los Angeles, obviously, that we were both on. But that was that was everybody. But I'm excited to go back. Uh, a lot of people here have been asking about the different recommendations, the best cheesesteak spots, you know, everything like that. I'm just telling people don't go to Pat's or Gino's unless you want to be a tourist. If you want an authentic cheesesteak, you got to go to, you know, the places and the townhouses and everything like that because that's the authentic Philly cheesesteak. Okay, good news. Good listen there, Zach Gershman, on the details on what to and how to survive Philadelphia. Speaking of Oh, Zach, that's not how to survive. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, we're going to, the Cardinals fans by. are going to, yeah, get by. The Cardinals fans are going to learn very quickly. You're wearing a different color than the midnight green that they have over there. You might have a, you might have an earful. Now, as I mentioned, Dave Spadaro covers the Philadelphia Eagles for PhiladelphiaEagles.com. You had the opportunity to speak with him earlier in the week, and your conversation began with the obvious, no, not your homecoming, but Gannon's homecoming, or at least return to Philadelphia, something that Gannon has downplayed all week. So does Dave believe this is just another game for the former Eagles defensive coordinator? Heck no. I mean, he wants to come in here and, and give it to his former colleagues with the Philadelphia Eagles and I understand that I mean look JG is as competitive as anybody I've ever met in the coaching ranks with the Philadelphia Eagles in 30 seasons and I know that it means something to him I mean he really appreciates Nick Sirianni Sirianni gave him a shot Jeffrey Lurie uh, certainly was extremely supportive there is no bad blood per se but it's just a natural kind of competition that, that everybody expects and feels and um, that gets everybody through the week. That's why they're in this league. They're in this league for the competition. And I know that it's been a struggling season for the Cardinals. I, I'm sure that Jonathan anticipated that happening. But this one will be special. And I think the fans will recognize it. I'm not sure the players really give a hoot. I mean, the Eagles, even at 11-4 and four here, you know how it is in Philly. It's always something. And they have other things to worry about. But I think from just a pure competition standpoint and love of the game this means something for Jonathan Gannon we'll get into the the Philadelphia Eagles season in just a few minutes but one more question here about JG I know Nick Sirianni gave him a shot at defensive coordinator he also took a couple shots in a in a friendly way on WIP earlier this week saying that and he told Jonathan Gannon this and JG laughed it off at the media saying that uh, they don't want Jonathan Gannon to come back to Philadelphia that's how uncomfortable he wants to make it what kind of reaction do you expect J.G. gets once he jogs out to the link? Oh, there's no doubt. The, fan, the fans will notice, <laughs> and they will give him a throaty Philadelphia lusty boo and move on with the game. But, I mean, look, the way it ended in Philly, um, I, I understand how the fans feel. I think that there is a sense of scapegoating. I don't, I think, I don't think anything that Jonathan did impacted the Eagles in the Super Bowl they were great defensively in the first half. They were unable to get off the field in the second half, and we all have to move on. But the Eagles fans, yeah, they're not going to move on so quickly. Yeah, the rational side of the Philadelphia sports fan isn't the uh, – that's not necessarily the term that, that the Philly sports fan is normally going to get. But speaking of moving on, moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles defense at its current form, obviously they decided to go with Sean Desai as the defense coordinator to start the season, Matt Patricia taking over as of a few weeks ago. How has the team, in your eyes, responded to the change on the defensive side of the ball? Yeah, I mean, I think they've been better. Um, but the caveat here is that they played against Drew Locke and then, you know, Tommy DeVito slash Tyrod Taylor after 
a season of two games against Dak Prescott and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Matt Stafford, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the defense has gotten off the field much better on third downs. Uh, they have looked more cohesive. They've given a lot of young players a look. I feel like, and I think Matt has done has done this, he's used these last few games here to kind of see what he has and see what he can count on when the postseason comes. So he's gone through a lot of rookies. The Eagles started three of them on Monday against the Giants and, you know, four other. Another one had a, a lot of playing time in Jalen Carter and Nolan Smith had the playing time. So, I mean, he's trying to figure out the right formula. The, the numbers are down from last year. Um, and somehow he's got to be better, get this defense better at rushing the quarterback and getting home and taking the football away. That is something that Jonathan Gannon's defense did very well in Philadelphia and something that they've really stepped up and fallen off in 2023. It's something that Nick Rollis is definitely trying to replicate here, but the defense that Jonathan Gannon had in Philadelphia last year, especially with some of the stars and the studs that they've had, uh, to have those 70 sacks like the Philadelphia Eagles did last year was not by a mistake. You mentioned a little bit about the rookies, and and you wrote an article on PhiladelphiaEagles.com about Keely Ringo and the impact that the rookie class has had on the defensive side. How have you seen players like Kilo, like Akili and Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter mature as the years progress? Has it just simply been reps are golden and you're going to go as the season progresses, or what have you seen? Well, Zach, I'll tell you, you initial, the initial observation was that Jalen Carter is incredibly talented, and if his career continues to progress, he will be one of the dominant defensive players in this league for many years to come. He's had five quarterback sacks, but really you can't measure his impact in numbers. He gets double teamed on every snap. When he doesn't, when those rare occasions when he doesn't, he just swats offensive linemen aside. Now, he's maybe hit a little rookie wall a little bit from a production standpoint in these last few weeks. So he's kind of, his playing time has tapered off a bit. I think they want to ramp him back up for the playoffs. So Jalen Carter, stud. Nolan Smith, interesting guy. Um, came in at the same position that Hassan Reddick, former Cardinal, plays. Mm -hmm. So it's been tough for him to get on the field. Patricia used both of them on the field at the same time on Monday night. So that was interesting to see, and we'll see what happens moving forward with that. But instinctive, hard worker, really physical, sets the edge against the run, and bends like very few players I've seen. So I think he's got a really, really bright future. Kaylee Ringo's come on, and the Eagles have had some questions at cornerback with some Big plays they've given up, and including a touchdown pass that uh, threw Locke through in the closing seconds to have the Eagles lose a game in Seattle. Uh, James Bradbury's kind of been targeted a bit. So Ringo's played with, with Darius Slay out, and Ringo's played well. Now, the, the, again, you have to kind of just cushion this and say, it's been Drew Locke, it's been Tommy DeVito, it's been Tyrod Taylor. But there is a lot of optimism around Ringo. Uh, Sidney Brown has played extremely well as a kind of do-it-all defensive back. He plays some safety. He plays in the nickel, really aggressive, um, runs around, flies to the football, has a really nice future with the Eagles. So there are some young pieces to build around here, and the Eagles aren't, are, have just not been afraid to insert them. And moving forward here as the postseason arrives, they're going to be counting on some rookies to step up. Before we go over to the offensive side of the ball, speaking with Dave Spadaro from PhiladelphiaEagles.com, 
Another young member of the secondary, Reed Blankenship. He's not a name that most Cardinal fans are going to recognize or is going to pop off the page like a Brandon Graham or a Fletcher Cox. But he leads the Eagles with 92 tackles. Last week, he was the green dot. And as a safety, you don't normally see that. Being a second-year player, how have you seen him kind of grow into that role? Yeah, he went from last year being a really good training camp story. Five-year player at Middle Tennessee State, captain multiple years. Uh, highly productive there, doesn't get drafted, makes the team. And then on a Monday night game against the Packers, intercepts Aaron Rodgers. And wow, what a great story. He's gone from that to really being their, their key guy in the, in the defensive secondary um, in, in terms of uh, starter logging tons of reps, um, big plays around the football a lot, very cerebral guy. He gave up a big touchdown pass last week. So, I mean, look, you got to make sure that you have ample – coverage in in some of those deep routes i mean if i'm an offensive coordinator i want to get after him and make him show that he can run and last week he he gave up a big touchdown catch and run so uh but for the most part he's in the right place um he's a really smart guy he tackles well very physical solid solid player at the safety position is his southern accent really as strong as he made (laughs) it seem because i know he spoke to the media earlier this week and he said being the green dot he Felt that that could have that might have had an impact. Yeah, may, maybe, but um, I mean, I think he'll it'll it'll fill you up soon. But the also also the Eagles will get their their linebackers back. It's really he's the green dot when they had literally no Nick Morrow, no Zach Cunningham at linebacker. You know, Shaquille Leonard's only been here for a few weeks. Ben Van Sumeren is uh, is uh, an undrafted rookie who saw his the most playing time of his NFL career. So. While Reed is a worthy green dot defensive player, I think Nick Morrow ideally is the one to translate to the rest of the defense. Yeah, before we know it, he's going to be saying John and Wooder instead of Water yeah, and be very, very using Philly. any other noun. It's very fillied up here. It doesn't doesn't take long to get all Woodered up in Philadelphia. Speaking of getting fillied up, the the tension in the on the Eagles' offensive side of the ball. Obviously, they hold themselves to a standard. Jalen always says the standards are the standard. Keep the main thing the main thing. Do you feel after the win against the Giants and kind of snapping that losing skid that the tension has kind of eased in the Eagles' offense a little bit? Maybe. I mean, the the challenge with this defense, the, the offense, is that they've just been so up and down with their red zone performance and with the giveaways. And I think that's really when you point to the Eagles. And you know, I, I know like it's hard for people in other football markets to understand this, but an eleven and four team is generally kind of a cause of celebration for the fans. But in Philly, it's been a lot of angst this season. And I think a lot of it is the offense has turned the football over so very much. Jalen Hurts last year, eight giveaways. This season, 18. Their red zone performance has been up and down. At one point, they scored touchdowns on 10 straight possessions in the red zone. And then you look at a game like Monday night, and uh, they were 2 of 5 in the red zone against the Giants. They've been able to move the football, and statistically they're in the top 10 in yards and touchdowns. They've had good balance. Um, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith are two really good wide receivers, both of whom are over 1,000 yards. Dallas Goddard is healthy at tight end. And yet the offense hasn't performed as the Eagles fan base, and really the Eagles would like. I mean, they've, they've trailed for much of the season at halftime, so they've kind of had to fashion these late-game comebacks, and they've kind of been living on the edge and – so you think last week maybe they turned a corner. They really went up and down the field against the Giants. Again, just two of five in the red zone. That's a struggle. 
But there was a lot of promise. Um, they moved the football really well. And I think they hope here that these last two games against Arizona, against the Giants in Week 18, that they can smooth out all these wrinkles and really be in top form heading into the postseason. Uh, the Eagles are going to be a dangerous team to beat, difficult team to beat in the postseason. And they are capable of scoring as they did against the Bills in a comeback win. They scored five of their last six possessions, four of those possessions touchdowns. They were unstoppable. So, you know, that's what they want to get back to. I think the key point and something that Jason Kelsey spoke on his New Heights podcast about was that even after the pick six that Jalen that Jalen Hurts threw, they were the, the 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 message was we're still driving down the field. And that's something that, you know, is a positive. And you mentioned the turnovers. Jalen Hurts, uh, according to Next Gen Stats, has thrown an NFL worst 13 interceptions from inside the pocket in 2023. So definitely not the same Jalen Hurts and the same offense we were that we saw in 2022 that took the Eagles to the Super Bowl where they did play here at State Farm Stadium. But are you surprised to see the passing numbers go down a little bit? And what do you think Jalen Hurts needs to do to kind of turn it around before they do go into the playoffs? Yeah, I am surprised, Zach. I, I, and the turnovers, I think I would point to everything uh, starting from there. But, yeah, for sure. You know, and, and also the other part is they really haven't been as in the explosive passing game as they were last year. And so I think what has happened is defenses are, and I'll be really, really interested to see what the Cardinals try to do against Jalen and this Eagles offense on Sunday. It, 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 he was so effective when he had an opportunity to run the football. His numbers are down running the football teams have largely come in and said, all right, we're going to try to do everything we can to take away the Jalen Hurts run game, and we're going to make him win from inside the pocket. And there have been some games when he's done that. He's played really well, Washington, the Rams, just terrific throws, really played well from inside the pocket. Other times has had trouble moving the football on a consistent basis. Zone defenses have been a problem. Uh, The turnovers, again, just a huge, huge uh, impediment for this offense to achieve any consistency. And I think really the product is, is that, that defenses have kind of collectively said, we're not going to blitz Jalen Hurts as much. We're going to mush rush. We're going to contain him. We're not going to give him the running lanes. We're not going to give him the edge. If they want to win, win from the pocket. And now the Eagles are 11-4, and four and the numbers are good, but I think there have been fr- times of frustration, and that's when you've seen players kind of losing their cool a little bit or just – kind of expressing that frustration. And so the Eagles have to counter that. And uh, they think that what they did on Sunday against the Giants, a mix of the blitz from the Giants, a lot of blitz from Wink Martindale, uh, kind of gave them an opportunity to say, all right, this is what the offense is going to be. What is the personality of this offense? We're going to run the football? Yeah, we can. But let's open it up first in the passing game. At one point in Monday's game, the fans were chanting, run the ball, run the ball. And it took a – a 32-yard pass completion on third and 20 um, to A.J. Brown to kind of open things up, and then the Eagles ran the football very effectively in the fourth quarter. That's one of the areas of emphasis this week for this Cardinals team. After last week with Justin Fields, one of the reasons that the Cardinals lost the game, according to Jonathan Gannon, was the play extension. Having a mobile quarterback that could sit back in the pocket and could hurt you with his arm, but if you let the play extend long enough, he's going to make something happen, and that's why Jonathan Gannon said that Jalen Hurts, they got to be prepared for because he's one of the best in the world. And I want to talk a little bit about the, the chant from the Philadelphia fan base. The Cardinals are dead last in the NFL at rushing defense, allowing 147 yards per game. And with the Jonathan Ledbetter, the Cardinals kind of staple defensive lineman out now for the rest of the season with the knee injury. Is it your expectation to see a lot of DeAndre Swift and Kenny Gainwell in this one? 
you know, it depends on how the Cardinals play it. Are they going to play with a heavy box? Are they going to play with a light box? And, I mean, if they're coming in with a heavy box, then um, it would not be a smart thing to run the football. You know, if you're going to heavy box, throw the football. So I don't know how JG is going to play it, how Nick's going to play it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, I think the Eagles, in theory, should have an opportunity to run the football. I, I mean, I feel like this team believes that it can run the football against anyone. Big, strong offensive line, one of the best in the league. Um, DeAndre Swift is 12 yards away from his first 1,000-yard season. He's been outstanding. Really elusive, good on the edges, uh, much tougher inside than I thought he would be. So I think everybody feels like the Eagles, if they want to run the football, they can run the football. I just don't know how the Cardinals plan to play it because, you know, ideally Philadelphia wants to uh, throw the football um, to set up the run. And that's where they've kind of been missing. Again, the, the gash plays, the chunk plays, there haven't been as many of them. So I think ideally the Eagles come out throwing the football, get a lead, and then run it. Last question for you here, Dave, and appreciate you taking all the time for us here on Cardinals Covered too. The term that has been used a lot in that Eagles locker room, at least through the media, has been unsatisfied on both sides of the ball. Obviously, a win is going to satisfy the the desire to to hopefully continue your way to gain that number one seed. But what needs to happen in this one against the Arizona Cardinals for the Eagles to say, all right, we're satisfied? Yeah, I think the, the key is really just um, ball security. And again, I can't overstate how much it has hurt the Eagles turning the football over. And so uh, I think whatever kind of pressure that Nick Rollis and Jonathan Gannon draw up, the Eagles have to have an answer for it. And, um, and then the rest takes care of itself. I mean, I think the Eagles feel like they match up pretty well from a personnel standpoint. Um, getting into the red zone, scoring touchdowns means a lot. You know, I think it just comes down to this as well, starting fast. And they did it against the Giants. They moved the football. They had a 20-3 to lead at halftime. And then a couple of freak plays, a, a kickoff return where the returner ran into another a, a teammate. The ball popped loose. Giants recovered, scored a touchdown two plays later. An out route from Dallas Goddard, the Eagles' tight end. He slips. Ball gets intercepted, returns 76 yards for a touchdown. All of a sudden, ball game. Um, so I think, you know, again, start really fast. Um, go vertical on the, on the Cardinals if the opportunity is there. Stay on the field. This is a very good third-down offense, one of the best in the NFL, number two, I believe. And when you're in the red zone, score touchdowns. And I think everybody in Philadelphia will feel like it's a great way to end 2023 and that there are good things ahead in 2024. Dave, you're the man. I appreciate you a ton for this one. My pleasure. Happy New Year to you, and thanks so much for having me. Good conversation there, Zach, between you and Dave. Obviously, if you couldn't tell, we'll let the cat out of the bag now that you two, you and Dave, have a previous relationship you've worked together before and it certainly came across in that conversation I'm, I'm glad it did Dave's Dave's a great guy he's been a mentor of mine uh throughout me going through high school and college I interviewed him when I had my Zach on sports YouTube channel and I was interviewing all these different guests in the Philadelphia sports world media landscape everything like that and I went to the NovaCare complex right after the Eagles won the Super Bowl and I interviewed him inside their TV facility and seeing what he did with the Eagles kind of inspired me that this is one of the career paths that I wanted to go down working with the team directly. So Dave's awesome. Dave's a great guy. I'm excited to see him when we get back to Philly on Sunday. Again, for his perspective on the matchup, PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And then, of course, AZCardinals.com. As far as what you wrote this week, Zach, 
your three big things for this matchup. Week 17, Cardinals 3-12, and Eagles 11-4. and New Year's Eve day, last road trip of the season, second to last game of the regular season. But if the Cardinals are going to surprise people on Sunday, what needs to happen? Uh, a lot needs to happen for them to surprise the Philadelphia Eagles. I do think that if there's one thing going their way, and it's one of the things I talked about in my three big things, and I spoke a little bit about it with Dave in the interview, there has been some tension in that locker room, especially, and it's been very public. And a lot of times when you're losing games, the, the tension and the animosity that you have towards your teammates or your displeasure becomes quite public. The Philadelphia Eagles, even at 11 wins so far this season, and they had that three-game losing skid, they're not satisfied. And that's one of the terms we talked about is how they felt unsatisfied. And you could try to take advantage of that with a guy like A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, because of the fact that you could tell how emotionally they're in it. But when you're too emotional... That could also hurt you at times. You know, your emotions could get the best of you. When it comes to the cornerbacks, you got to be able to limit those two wide receivers, though. Try to stop Dallas Goddard to the best of your ability because that offense is going to be moving. But the number one key, and I'll talk about it on Saturday, is the play extension because last week against the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields really hurt you. Those four plus, those four runs of 10 plus yards out of the eight that the Chicago Bears did have simply coming from Justin Fields, being able to extend plays in the pocket, get out the pocket, go for first downs, that hurts. And when you have a guy like Jalen Hurts, he's one of the best in the world to do it, as Jonathan Gannon said earlier this week. They got to be able to limit him in the pocket. He has not played well. The 13 interceptions in the pocket lead the NFL, uh, according to Next Gen Stats. So you got some work that you got to do, but it really is a matter of limiting that offensive side of the ball for them 18 total turnovers by Jalen Hurts yeah. 13 interceptions five fumbles he doesn't as far as yards he doesn't run as much as Justin Fields but he runs more 147 rushing attempts and you compare that to James Conner who did miss some time earlier this season Conner has 155 yeah. so that is only eight more rushing attempts than Jalen Hurts and the play extension keeping Hurts in the pocket is going to be huge on Sunday. And and one of the things that Jalen Hurts has to his advantage is that offensive line with two potential Hall of Famers on that offensive line and Lane Johnson and Jason Kelsey. They are all really solid. Jordan Mailata being converted to a left tackle and playing really well out there from his time, you know, when he was in Australia as a rugby player and now he's a starting left tackle, one of the premier positions that the NFL has to offer. But because you have so much time back there, it gets a quarterback a little bit antsy a little bit, and that's why Jalen Hurts has had so many rush attempts because he's gone out of the pocket. He doesn't see any of his options open. Okay, that offensive line's blocking for me. Let me scramble out to the right a little bit and try to make some happen, try to get some of those extra yards. The irony is he leads all quarterbacks, and he has the record with the 15 rushing touchdowns, and despite it being only the 570-some yards that he has rushing in total, the rushing touchdowns is the, that brotherly shove that they have over there has gone Jalen Hurts to be in the upper echelon of quarterbacks and their rushing skills. The brotherly shove, yes, you know it's coming, and you know what they do, and now there's some wrinkles out of that as far as you fake the dive and you roll out or you throw off of that. But it's one thing to know how to or how it's used and utilized – because both Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis know all about it. It's another thing, though, to have the personnel to stop it. 
and so far no one has been able to stop it. Even if you know exactly all the ins and outs of the move, you have to have the personnel. And I'm curious, do the Cardinals have the personnel, or is it more the coaching putting you in the right spots to be able to stop that one-yard, two-yard push? Truthfully, the best way to stop it is you hope the Eagles' offensive line makes a mistake. This With this Cardinals' defensive line, they're, they're so banged up, and we've talked about it repeatedly, especially with Jonathan Ledbetter now going on IR. You have Kevin Strong and Dante Stills, and those are really your two big bodies that you have out there. And the, the Philadelphia Eagles, especially Jason Kelsey, he goes so low to the ground. It's it's impressive. Kevin Strong was talking about it to the media earlier this week on Thursday. He said when he first played against them last season when he was in Tennessee, he was saying, like, I've never seen a center go that low to the ground. And when you have a center that is equally as fast and as quick, it's scary. With that being said, J- uh, Jason Kelsey has had a handful of false starts. He's moved the ball forward an extra couple yards, and because of that, the officials are now starting to look at it. He's had a tendency of not having his balance be a little bit off. So as much as I want to say the brotherly shove is about a defensive line stuffing them, getting them out of their stance, you got to hope that the Eagles make a mistake because when it is a play like that, when it's as detailed as it is, one small thing being off could save you there. Eagles, number seven in scoring. They are eighth overall as far as total yards are concerned. Number two on third down, number one on fourth down, top ten in the red zone. Defensively, they defend the run very well. Eighth in the league, averaging just or allowing just over 95 rushing yards a game. Cardinals coming off their third fewest rushing yards total this season. I would expect, and again, because you do not have a Hollywood Brown and how healthy after missing a couple of days is Kyler Murray. We presume he'll be 100% or as close to 100% as you can be this late in the season, but get that ground game going even though the Eagles are very stout against the run. They are, but once you get by that defensive line, and they have some studs on that defensive line, once you get by them, you have a lot more flexibility back there, especially with a guy like James Conner that is not afraid to bulldoze uh, a defender. You have that opportunity. I think this is the type of game that that defense was Jonathan Gannon's defense, and there's a lot of familiarity. If there's one person that knows how to pick it apart, it is Jonathan Gannon. He coached players up to make him into stars in, in Philadelphia. A guy like Reed Blankenship, who I've talked a lot about with Dave, and I mentioned, I asked Jonathan Gannon about, because that's an undrafted rookie at safety that you're able to you know, bring to a star, an everyday starter. He leads the Philadelphia Eagles in tackles with 92. Jonathan Gannon knows that defense very well, and obviously some things change, and when you have a change in your play caller from Sean Desai to Matt Patricia, that is going to change as well. But Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollins, they know this defense, and I think the ground and pound is something that they're really going to need to rely on because they will guard up Trey McBride. They know he's going to be your top tight end. How are you able to get a guy like Greg Dortch involved, Rondell Moore involved, that is simply dependent on if you could get the run game involved. And a familiar name on that Eagles defense, Hassan Reddick, who has a team-best 11 sacks plus 12 tackles for loss. Cardinal fans well remember Hassan Reddick, who has just blossomed in Philadelphia and certainly someone that would love to see an Eagles win over his former team. And that's that's what this game is all about. Yeah, you can have pleasantries after the game, but once the game is kicked off, it's okay I want to beat you, beat your guy in front of you, and hopefully the Cardinals again. Surprise some people, but deliver a win 
for their head coach. It's not a matter of you know shaking hands and kissing babies, as Buda Baker said when he was talking about Jonathan Gannon speaking to the team, and that was how Buda wanted to interrupt him and say that type of thing. But it's true. You're going there. This is might be a homecoming of sorts, especially for me, but of sorts. But this is a business trip for everybody involved in the organization. It's your last road trip. It's the last game in 2023 for a year that's had so much change within the Cardinals organization from the top down. There's, there would be no better way to have the fireworks go off with a victory in your in your hands one last time before the season begins, and then you hope to get one in 2024 when you play Seattle next week. Are you all packed, ready to go? I am all packed. I got I got a new bag, though. My other bag ripped, so I had to get a new bag, so I had to squish everything into this thing. So, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out. Big plans on Saturday. The team is leaving later on Friday afternoon. That's what this team does when they go back east, so it's a two-day trip. You. Mm-hmm. I'll go see the family okay. a little bit, but then uh, tonight in Philadelphia on Friday, probably go take the guys out, see whoever you know in our staff wants to get a true Philadelphia experience, probably take them to Chickies and Pete's, one of the Philadelphia sports bars out there, uh, just to show them what Philadelphia really is all about. It's been since 2020 when the Cardinals last were in Philadelphia, so not a lot of people in the staff have been there. A word of advice? Don't be late to the bus. I'm, I'm going to leave right after this. Don't be late. Just don't be late because the plane will leave you and the bus will leave you. I believe it. As long as I can find the parking spot, which everyone has already warned me about and has scared me, we'll be all right. Oh, you'll be fine. Just make sure you come back with the W on Sunday. What if I don't? I mean, I will come back with the W. What about the team? Well, you may just stay there for a little while. All right now. See if they let you back on the plane. (laughs) Cardinals and Eagles on Sunday, the final day of 2023. Week 17, again, 11 a.m. is the kickoff. 6.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And then, of course, we'll talk about it next week here on Cardinals Cover 2. And with that, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Zach Gershman, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.